welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. Uh, that's a hot take. That's a scorching take. Uh, I'm not afraid to be bold, though. Thriving, surviving, and watching Rutgers football. There's nothing to respect about Rutgers. You know what? It's pain, but we look good while we do it, man. Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz, here in snow-covered Indianapolis, Indiana. It's about 20 degrees or so, and it's snowing. Uh, it'll be snowing for the next two days. Hopefully, I can get a day off school tomorrow because I've got a couple tests. Uh, we're recording this on the evening of November 11th, 2019. It's a Monday. And as always, I'm joined by Reed Murray in Nashville. Reed, what's hey, up? Hey, I am doing fantastic after my Tennessee Titans, who I had basically given up on, just had a huge comeback win against Kansas City Chiefs. I'm still excited about oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was, that was big for them. Uh, I can't relate. The Colts lost to the Dolphins, uh, thanks to Brian Hoyer. Michigan State legend Brian Hoyer, I should say. <laughs> Boy, that that guy, uh, he was he was a problem on Sunday, and the Browns Colts days. need Brissett and Hilton healthy as soon as possible. No matter how good Darius Leonard is, he can't carry you to a win, unfortunately. Even though he tried his best, uh, Griffin is in New Jersey. Griffin, what's up? Uh, well, Reed took the words out of my mouth, but just substitute Titans with Jets and the Chiefs with Giants. It's not as impressive. Yeah, who would have thought that? Of all of our NFL teams, I would be we would have a week where two of us are celebrating a win and it's not me. In a week where we're playing the Dolphins of all teams. Like, okay, the Jets lost to the Dolphins too. I know your pain. Yeah, it hurts. They're the Dolphins. It's I mean you won't lose this shouldn't have happened. Do you play- beating the Chiefs and losing to the Dolphins in the same season? I I can't put it together. <laughs> all right. Do you have uh, the Bengals in your schedule? No, unfortunately. I think the easiest team the Colts have left is, I don't know, maybe Tampa, Bucks. All right. That's fair. Get a couple turnovers off of Jameis. All right. Well, uh, we're recording this uh, just a couple days after week 11 wraps up, and we didn't end up uh, getting to predict week 11 on the show. Uh, so we, we ended up uploading those games, uh, or not those games, those yeah, the uh, scores, they'll be updated on Instagram, uh, shortly. Yeah. We're going to have our, uh, we've got our predictions in, I think everybody had a pretty decent week. I think I got everything right except for, uh, Penn state. I picked, I know I had to go first in that one. I might've gone undefeated. Yeah, this week. of course you did. Oh, really? Did uh, you have Purdue? I'm, I believe I did. I'll have to check uh, the chat, but I'm pretty sure I did. I was a little weary about picking Purdue, and I, we can start off talking about that game. All right, let's do it then. Yeah, I think we can we can save the best for last. We can start with our vegetables and finish with our dessert. <laughs> we'll start with Purdue and Northwestern, and our dessert is going to be Penn State and Minnesota. Uh, so Purdue, uh, 
starting a walk-on quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. Uh, they are a depleted team. They are down to just freshmen pretty much and walk-ons. Uh, fun fact, one of my dad's friend's son, he's the starting center right now. He's a walk-on too. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, Garvin is his name, I'm pretty sure. Uh uh, Purdue uh, has a pretty depleted roster at this point, but uh, they're still fighting. They are four and six now. From two and six, they've won back-to-back games against Nebraska and now Northwestern. Uh, they were down early to Northwestern. Northwestern scored their first touchdown since the first week of October wow. on the Boilermakers. Uh, and I guess that's a testament to Mick McCall's horrible, horrible offensive play calling. Uh Northwestern had a shot in this one. They they did, uh, but as most things have gone for the Wildcats this season, uh, the ball just did not bounce their way. It was a unfortunate outing for them again, and what has been probably the most disappointing season of the Pat Fitzgerald era. Yeah, you can say that again. Um, uh, <laughs> I was expecting, I wasn't expecting a ton from Northwestern, but I was certainly expecting a lot more than what we've gotten so far. And it's just mm-hmm. sad because I like Northwestern kind of, um, and it's just unfortunate because they're, they're one of the big ten. They're one of the few Big Ten teams who I have no reason to dislike, um, like Purdue and Iowa. On a couple teams like I don't hate them, but there's like I, I hold a grudge against them because of their re- any sort of grudge against Northwestern, and so it just makes me sad to see them. I uh, just have such a rough go this season. Nothing has gone their way, and it's just so unfortunate. Oh, absolutely. This has been uh, – I, I can't really even figure out what's going wrong except for everything. I mean, the yeah. defense has been fine, actually. I, I should rephrase that. But offensively, anything. And even even the defense was a little weak this this week, giving up twenty four points to a walk on third stringer. Uh, that that's not a huge boost to your defensive uh, morale, I'm I'm sure. So uh, offensively, though, Northwestern did put together one of their best games of this season. Uh, twenty two points, go figure, right? Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm not even certain if. Uh, McCall can make it to the end of the season, and Hunter Johnson was out for this one. And I've been, I was kind of disappointed with his play when he was healthy, and he's he's missed a lot of games this season, not just due to injury, but I think uh, due to his mom's complications with illness. And uh, our thoughts are with her. Uh, but uh, their their backup, uh, Aiden. That's his name, right? Aiden, Aiden O'Connell. I'm, I can't believe I'm blanking on this name. No, that's uh, Purdue. Oh, no, no, that's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. Um, Aiden Smith. Aiden Smith, that's it. Aiden Smith, he's not looked awesome, but you think they'd be able to figure out another way to go on offense with maybe running the ball, but that hasn't worked either. They just cannot move the ball at all. And Mick McCall, I'm not sure if he'll make it to the end of the season. Well, he will make it to the end of the season. That was some good rhyming you had there, Patrick. I, I'm certain. Yeah, I, I had bars. Yeah. I'm certain Northwestern's going to fire him in the offseason, right? Yeah, I mean, you you got to change something. Obviously, uh, not much is going right, so you got to make some changes. Um, yeah, I would, I would yeah, expect this... to see that. 
this season, they've gone from a team who won the Big Ten West last year to the bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten West this year. And it's been a rough one for Wildcat fans. Uh, There's always next season, though. Yeah. They're used to saying that with the Cubs. Uh, Say it with the Cats, too. Uh, but a little, I want to talk a little bit more about Purdue because, uh, this was a big win for them. Uh, obviously Northwestern hadn't been too close with most of the other big 10 teams, uh, they've played this season, but Purdue did still find a way to win on the road with a walk-on quarterback getting his first start. And there's something to be said about that. And David Bell, this receiver, I've been talking about him since the preseason. He has just been like a total stud for Purdue. He's doing it all. He can run the ball. He can catch passes deep, short, in the flat, you name it. Uh, David Bell is probably the one of the like top three or four freshmen in the whole Big Ten this season, in my mind. I would put him right up there with Justin Fields, Michael Penix. Have you, have you guys watched a whole lot of David Bell this year? I have not. You got you to gotta catch some highlights from this guy. He is so much fun to watch. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's something in the water there or if it's just good recruiting. But freshman receivers at Purdue, they always – the last two years they've had a guy, Rondell Moore and now David Bell. So uh, once Moore is healthy next season, uh, it, unless he plays again this year, who knows, I uh, we could see a pretty dynamic receiving duo between uh, Rondell Moore and David Bell going forward. Yeah, and what year is Rondell Moore in college? He is a sophomore. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's really good for Purdue. Uh, for some reason, I had in my head that he was a yeah, junior, he... and I was thinking, well, yeah, this might be his last season, but yeah, that's that's huge. Though. No, yeah, he's going to have to play one more year in West Lafayette before going to the league. Yeah, that'll be exciting to watch next season. Hopefully it does work out and they don't have – Mm-hmm. A bad luck. A lot of, a lot of looking up to next season uh, for Purdue because of all the injuries this year. Once they're at full strength next season with a pretty good recruiting class coming in, uh, who knows? Yeah, and uh, we could. And I just them. want to throw back to Northwestern real quick um, and talk about a team um, who recently played Northwestern, the Indiana Hoosiers, who are now ranked. I know Patrick, you were very happy about that. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we weren't going to get to talk yeah. about it. But the fact that uh, Indiana was able to put up 34 points in Northwestern, like I know that Northwestern has not had the best season so far, like we've said, but they have a they have a pretty good defense, and they do. Have if a you're really able to defense, put up 34 points against the Northwestern defense, obviously that's not um, that's not anywhere anywhere near the Ohio State what the Ohio State offense did, but that's not where that where Indiana's trying to be. They're like they're not elite yet, but they're a very good team, and they had. Uh, they put up more points than Purdue, Iowa, um, not or no, yeah, they put up more points than Michigan State too, and they're they're getting more than Wisconsin, I believe. Yeah, that's right, they did. They did put up uh, Wisconsin only put up twenty four points against Northwestern. So this Indiana offense, Indiana seems to be getting better every single week, and um, so hats off to Indiana for having they had a that was a much better game than I expected them to have against Northwestern. So they're they're yeah, really impressive. Really. I can, and I can agree with you. Uh, IU this season they have gotten better after every game. Uh, if you go back and replay that Michigan State game, I think it's a totally different outcome. 
Yeah, I think so too. I think if these two teams, if IU was playing Michigan State tomorrow, IU would win by two scores. And yeah. I know this is – oh, sorry. You go no, first. go ahead. I know this is getting a little off track, but with the way that uh, Penn State played against Minnesota with their defense, do you think IU could beat them or do you think Penn State would rebound? Well, my thing is uh, I think the way they played against Minnesota, Indiana could beat them, but Penn State is going to be pissed coming into this game in Happy Valley next week against the Hoosiers. They're going to say we we – should have won. We should be undefeated still. We should be in the playoff conversation still. And I think they're going to have a statement win, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, um, in that game, Indiana's always been the stingy opponent of the Big Ten East who never really pulls off the win but always makes you look bad. And as you said, Penn State's going to be pissed and they're going to say, okay, we're done playing with these fools. And they're they're going to you know come out with their with their hardest fight. And I don't think it'll be a blowout by uh, at all, but I do think Penn State would come away with the win. And, uh, you know, back to the Hoosiers, um, Michael Penix Jr. obviously is out, and that is terrible for them. But Peyton Ramsey has looked a lot better. He's improved, just like the rest of the – just like the entire Indiana team as a whole. Peyton Ramsey has gotten better every single week, and uh, he could be uh, the main guy next season if Penix doesn't really – if he doesn't uh, return from injury well. So – uh, look out for that. Ramsey's been playing very yeah, well lately. Uh, Peyton Ramsey. Uh, I think I, ta- I talked about this after the Nebraska game, and now that was the big Peyton Ramsey game, and he was the hero. Uh, I'm confident because I don't think we got – we haven't gotten to talk about this yet on the show. Uh, if you haven't heard, uh, Michael Penix, uh, the freshman quarterback for the Hoosiers, who's been – the redshirt freshman who's been so good IU – for IU this season, uh, he is out for the year with, I believe it's a foot injury. He's had a, a bunch of different types of injuries this year, and he missed all of last season, his uh, true freshman year with a torn ACL, or most of last season. Uh, he was out for the year, I think, about halfway through. Or he got hurt in the Penn State game, actually, uh, in October last year. And uh, the, the team is probably going to be a little bit different with Ramsey under center and it has been but him and Penix have played a similar amount of snaps this year and they've put up similar statistics uh it's just the offense is a little bit less electric with Ramsey that's the only difference Ramsey can still get it done he can still get the ball downfield he has looked way better than he did last season and I attribute that mostly to not just Ramsey getting better because he has gotten a lot better as a player I think but also through his new offensive coordinator. It's not Mike DeBoer anymore. Now it's Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer has been one of the best hires in college football this season. He has transformed that Indiana offense from just being Stevie Scott to Stevie Scott and having a passing game too. So I really do think Indiana is going to be just fine without Michael Penix going forward. And obviously the team is ranked, so things are going pretty well this year. Yeah, and – um. You know, early in the season when Peyton Ramsey uh, was getting some of his first snaps against the Ohio State Buckeyes, I was really concerned for the IU offense um, without Penix. But, I mean, this guy has improved so much, and I think IU's in good hands for the rest of the season. And nine-win Indiana could be completed. Who knows? Absolutely, yeah. Because even if they can't beat Penn State or Michigan, they can beat Purdue, knock on wood, and maybe win a bowl. Who knows? Hopefully that bowl didn't be the City Bowl. 
I'd love to see. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to. I think I would try and find. I think I would probably try and find a way down to Nashville for that. So, uh, another note on that: the Hoosiers are actually ranked in the top twenty-five for both the AP and the coaches poll this week. Uh, Unfortunately, there is no playoff poll yet for us to see, which I know that's the poll that really matters. Uh, But this is the first time since 1994 that your Hoosiers are ranked in football. Yeah, that's honestly crazy. It's it's a big deal. It's been 25 years. Things have changed a lot since then. None of us were alive. Nope. Not even close. Uh, So September 1994 was the last time the Hoosiers were ranked until now. It was the longest active streak for not being ranked in the Power Five. Uh, I told Griffin this stat before we started. Uh, can you read? Can you tell me who now holds the record, the current active streak for longest Power Five drought of not being ranked in the top twenty-five? If I heard you correctly, since two thousand seven, your Purdue Boilermakers. It's true. Well, I was asking Reed. I already told you. I told oh. you, Griffin, before we started. Sorry. <laughs> My guess was going to be like Rice or something. Oh, wait. Was it just Power 5 or was it? Okay. No, Power, five. Yeah. Power 5. I was about to say, there's a lot of group of five teams, but yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, I wouldn't really know who to expect there. I, I mean, I would probably. I would have said Kansas. Yeah, that's true. Kansas. It has been a while, but yeah, they were. They had a pretty good season. I believe it was 2008, maybe 2007. Kansas was last ranked in 2009. Okay, yeah. I knew it was around then. Purdue, it was 2007. Wow. And also, Pat, with the other stat, Reed, uh, Reed, had they not been ranked last year, do you know which team would hold the record instead of Purdue? Uh, um, is it Iowa State? No. Okay. Uh, who else was ranked last year? Let you, one of Indiana's rivals. One of Indiana's rivals? Oh, Kentucky. Yeah, it's Kentucky. Yeah, they had a good season last year. Kentucky had a really good season last year, uh, mostly thanks to Josh Allen, that guy, awesome. and Benny Snell. That guy can. Ball. Yeah, Benny Snell too. What are the odds, Mark Stoops is the next Florida State coach? Oh, geez. I could not imagine. I feel like I feel like he's a good candidate for Florida State. Mark Stoops, of course, is the coach of Kentucky. Uh, who do you? We're getting way off track now, but who do you guys think Florida State should hire? Hmm. Do you have an opinion on this? Honestly, Florida State. Is, Willie Tiger's out in Tallahassee. Uh, it's so. such a. Uh, it's just a dumpster fire down there, and I mean, I I think really anybody could come in and improve. I don't know who the interim coach is, but for now, I mean, I just I just see how the interim coach does because, um. I think the interim coach, I can't remember his name, but he's been a longtime assistant for uh, the Seminoles. Okay, then yeah, I would say. And I think he's been he's been the interim before. I would say. I don't know if they're going to – I don't know if he's going to be a head coach. I don't know if he's head yeah, coach. Yeah, I would say give not, him like a couple weeks, see how he does. And then, I mean, some people are talking about – They beat Boston Some people College. are talking about uh, Deion Sanders. I think that's a pretty risky pick, but, I mean, why not? What does Florida State yeah, have to lose right I, now? Their reputation is completely out every, the window. So, why not give it a try? Here's the thing with the Deion pick. They get Deion Sanders, every single defensive back recruit in the country, would at least have to consider Florida State, right? Could you imagine being a defensive back and having the opportunity to go to a school where 
one of the greatest defensive backs of all time is your coach and you're getting coaching from him. Yeah. I mean, you've got you got to think about that at least, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Uh, of course. And I bring up uh, Florida State right now uh, in their coaching search, kind of to talk about another program. This is a Big Ten program who is in similar dire straits uh, as a blue blood to Florida State, and that's Nebraska, who we didn't get to talk about. Well, we didn't have a show last week, uh, or else I would have talked about their loss to Purdue. While we were talking to per- about Purdue, I was going to talk about Nebraska also. Uh, Nebraska, uh, they lost at Purdue last week, and their shot at a full eligibility is dwindling here in the second year of the Scott Frost era. Nebraska was my pick to win the Big Ten West. That has not gone very well. Northwestern was, I believe, my second choice. That's also not gone very well. <laughs> uh, so Nebraska has had a, a disappointing season, and uh, at this point, you got to think that the people in Lincoln are getting a little bit fed up with where the pro at least a little bit. They're getting pretty fed up with where the program stands today. Uh, yeah, I'd think? be more than fed up if I was a Cornhusker fan because obviously they had um, their their glory years were some of the greatest that any program has ever experienced. So if you've been, oh, and I mean, I was I was very young whenever Ohio State was having a. Um, a really rough year with Luke Fickle's head coach. They went six and seven, lost to Michigan, then lost to Florida in the Gator Bowl. That made me mad. And I was I was young. I didn't have very much experience as an Ohio State fan. And um and it was just one season. So I cannot imagine the frustration that some of these diehard Nebraska Cornhusker fans must be feeling right now after having uh the past few years just be just horrible for them. Um and even when they were ranked, uh, they they haven't really lived up to the to the some of the expectations they've had, um, you know, four or five years ago. Um, so I I mean I don't know I don't really know what it is yet to change. I would say probably just give Scott Frost more time in Nebraska. But I mean, yeah, the fans have to be uh, losing their minds right now. Yeah, that's one of the things with it. You got to give Scott Frost a little bit more time, at least. Obviously, he's only in the second year, and a lot of the guys who are getting minutes aren't his recruits. That's true. Mm-hmm. So once his recruits are juniors and seniors, then maybe you can start questioning it a little bit more hard. Yeah, and it, it took Frost, uh, what was it, two years to turn UCF from winless to uh, was it was undefeated. it two years from winless to go undefeated? Yeah. yeah, they did from, so, I believe, twenty the 15-16 season to the 17-18 yeah. so, season. They went from zero wins to zero So losses. if he can take a pitiful UCF program to be uh, and turn them into one of the nation's elite programs in two years, I think in three or four years he can make he can improve Nebraska a lot. So, yeah, I would say just give him some time, and I think Nebraska will, will be back, uh, back to being ranked, back to having a chance at making the Big Ten championship and all that in a year or two. Yeah, I agree. I think they got to give it a little time, a little patience. It won't hurt. And Nebraska, it's obviously a storied program. And when they're down, they won't be down forever. Yeah, it's true. Every single blue blood in, in both basketball and football 
goes through highs and lows and you know 80 percent of the time you're at a high and you know a lot of the time you're going to be at a low you're going to have low points as a program and right now that's what nebraska's in that's what florida state's in that's what indiana basketball and ucla basketball are in right now but i'm sure they will come back at some point and they will be just as strong as ever yep yeah like you said earlier i think with the uh recruits hopefully his recruits when they become seniors and juniors will do well and if for some reason they underperform or if they do not then husker fans have a real reason to go after scott frost absolutely i think i'm giving him until about 2021 if this team is still mediocre by 2021 then big red nation is going to have uh their hands yeah with reasons to fire him i'm sure yeah, uh, Nebraska oh, didn't same. play this previous week. They were on by, and next week the Huskers uh, will host the third, the uh, or not thirteenth. I don't know what they are anymore. They will host the the uh, Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, they're number fifteen in the AP poll, and they 15. should be around thirteen in the College Football Playoff poll after coming off a win against Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say they'd probably be thirteenth to twelfth this week. Yeah, something around there. Uh, well, we've talked about one game that happened last week so far. <laughs> we had a lot of other important things to talk about. We did get to a couple other teams within the conference, though. So, uh, let's talk about Ohio State and Maryland. Ohio State, they came into the Maryland game ranked number one in the country. They will not be ranked number one, even though they went 73-14. to 14. Over I don't know Terps. about that. I think they could still be ranked number one. <sighs> I mean, really, you don't think LSU is well, going to take it over? I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible for LSU, but I think it's not out of the question that Ohio State would stay number one because why would you promote a team from two? Why would you have LSU pass Ohio State for beating an opponent who they thought was worse than Ohio State? Like, I'm not saying I'm not saying that the Alabama win wasn't impressive. It was that's the most impressive win that anyone's had this cultural season, but. I'm just saying in the committee's eyes, they clearly are very impressed by what Ohio State's done, winning every game this season by 20-plus points. So I'm just saying it's it's not out of the question that Ohio State would still be number one this week. I don't, I don't want know. them to be. The I want Ohio State to be number two so that Ohio State can have a chip on the shoulder <laughs> Get the chip and on play shoulder, better yeah. against Rutgers, but especially Penn State and Michigan. Um, so I do hope LSU stays number one or becomes number one and stays there, but I'm it's not certain in my opinion okay i don't want to sound like a salty uh big 10 fan who's just only worried about oh the the committee hates the big 10 but the playoff committee loves they do. alabama they, they do. do whatever it takes to get bammer in the playoff and i just think that's the way it is so of course they're going to value that alabama road win for lsu very high as they should that's an impressive win Winning in Tuscaloosa is hard. Nobody had done it in four years for yep. a reason. So, Ohio State probably won't be number one, but I guess it's possible. Mm-hmm. There's a case for it. There's obviously a case for it, or else they wouldn't have been number one this previous week. Uh, one interesting Ohio State note over uh, the last uh, 10 days or so, I noticed. It's been about 10 days, I think, since we released an episode, so. Uh, one interesting Ohio State note I noticed over uh, the last uh, week plus is 
uh, a new recruit they got, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., oh, yeah. uh, the son of the Colts legend, uh, Marvin Harrison, who may or may not have killed a guy. Oh, yes. Oh, jeez. Uh, if you don't know that story, uh, uh, look it up or don't. Uh, but Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, he committed to Ohio State. He's one of the top uh, receiving prospects, I believe. In, is he 2021? Um, I yeah, I, I want to say he is. I think he's twenty. Sure. I think he's twenty twenty one. I think most of the twenty twenty recruits have committed by yeah. now. So, uh, that is a huge hit for Ohio State going forward. Uh, he's going to be really good. I've seen his highlight tape. He doesn't really play like his dad all that much. He's a little bit quicker than his dad. His dad could just get any ball and do whatever he wanted with it, but. Uh, junior, he's a little smaller than his dad was, I think. Wait, or maybe, am I thinking of a different guy? Ohio State had another big receiving recruit I was looking at the other day. It might not have been Harrison. Uh, and, yeah, Junior. He is a, he's a guy out of Philadelphia. Yeah, no, Harrison. Oh, Junior, six, he's 6'4". Six he's 6'4", six he's six 184 pounds. So he's not huge, but he's pretty quick, and he looks just like his dad, too. Uh, he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, and, uh, and he is a 2021. He's I know if I was a wide receiver right now uh, in the class of 2021, 20, I would definitely have Ohio – like, if I was an elite – receiver i would definitely be looking at ohio state because that's what i was gonna say why would you want to go yeah. anywhere else ohio state has been so good at the quarterback position and at the receiver position for the last i don't know yeah decade. i mean they got so many guys going in the league especially guys like michael thomas devin smith and right now brian hartline former nfl player and ohio state grad is the wide receivers coach and he's done a tremendous job developing guys like kj hill chris olave benjamin victor austin mack Garrett Wilson, etc., and even guys who just went to the NFL like Johnny Dixon, yeah, Terry McLaurin. McLaurin, and Paris Campbell. So I, I mean, I wouldn't see why you would not want to go to Ohio State as a receiver. It's it's been unbelievable how many good receivers Ohio State's had over the last ten years. Them and Clemson have just been year in and year out producing receiving talent. Yep. Yep. Uh, so this game, Ohio State was not close with Maryland. Maryland seventy-three to fourteen. Obviously, that is not a very close game. Uh, Justin Fields had another big game. Shocker. <laughs> J.K. Dobbins had another big game. Shocker. Chase Young. Oh, oh, what is this? Oh, you're telling me Chase Young didn't play? Oh. Yeah, Chase Young is suspended for. I'm not even. It's this story is so confusing. Yeah. I, I don't know what's happening. For taking a loan? Michigan, but to appeal. Immediately missed. Yeah, so uh, who's Young is supposed supposedly getting a four-game ban. Uh, from the NCAA, I think it's from the NCAA. I don't know if it's from. The I think school the school reported it, but the NCAA gave the suspension. Is my understanding. That's what it was. Yeah, so that's expected. But yeah, you said he's going to appeal. I had a little bit of technical difficulties over here. I couldn't tell what you were going to say entirely. So 
he probably will not be back from Michigan, though, unless he successfully appeals that suspension. I, I, I can't imagine that he would be out for the Penn State or Michigan game. And maybe that's just wishful thinking for me as a Buckeye fan. But I think yeah, he should be back I for think... the big games. You would hope. Yeah, right? I would absolutely hope. And, and I think as a college football fan who doesn't really feel one way or the other about Ohio State, uh, I want to see him out there just because he's so fun to watch. Yeah. This guy's incredible. And this really did disrupt his Heisman campaign. You would have thought he could have had, crazy as it may sound, at least three and a half sacks against Maryland the way they played. Yeah. And I think uh, one of my favorite analysts from ESPN, Mike Greenberg, had a very good take about this. He said that um, he doesn't think the NCAA is wrong or filled with bad people uh, who made this decision. But he says how when the NCAA looks in the mirror, what do, what do they think they've improved? Wh- whose interests have they helped? Like, like what have they made better by handing Chase Young a suspension? Because they definitely haven't helped him. He's, he's not going to be playing the biggest game of the season. It's not helping ESPN or Fox, whoever's covering these games. It's not helping Ohio State. It's not helping anyone other than their opponents. And it, it's really – it's not really for the good of – anyone and it, it, it's not it's just not a, a suspension worth making it's like the fact that, that the rules are in place saying that you can't take a loan out and pay it back he it's like why 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 even bother like like what is who who is benefiting from this exactly like like why why are these rules in place yeah, I think the whole situation is really confusing. It just – it doesn't make a whole lot of sense as to why any of this is going on. I, I mean, I get that's against the rules, and I get that whole thing, but I, I don't even know, like, what happened. It, it, I just, like, saw one day some random dude on Twitter tweeted, yeah, he's not playing this week, and I, I was just kind of surprised. I thought it was going to be for a recruiting violation, like an actual recruiting violation, like oh, Ohio State got caught dropping bags for him. And yeah, and um, yeah, and I apologize for just kind of rambling there. Um, I, I couldn't really figure out what I was going to say at the end of that. But if you want to hear a better, more thought out version of what I just said, look up something along the lines of Mike Greenberg, Chase Young suspension, and you'll find what he has to say. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's always good. He's always good. Uh, but there was really nothing to say about this Ohio State game against Maryland. It was – back on topic of the game, uh, there, there was nothing really worthwhile to talk about. Other the game really just Ohio confirmed State what we already knew. Ohio State is an elite team. And yeah. as an Ohio State fan, it's good to see – just beat the brakes off of somebody like Maryland – who they have no business being the same game as. Whereas in the past few years, they've been playing randomly close games against teams like Indiana and Maryland. And uh, no offense to Indiana, obviously they're great now, but they haven't been in the past. You know, some of these lower class teams, it's good to see Ohio State actually start pounding them. And that's that really proves how yeah, different of a team they are this season than they were in the last year too. TLDR, Ohio State good, Maryland yeah. not good. Uh, yeah. Last last season, Maryland did hang with Ohio State, though. It was it was what was it, fifty one fifty four? I know it's fifty two fifty one. I believe fifty two fifty one, even closer. Yeah, last year it was a barn burner. Ohio State almost lost that game. Uh, 
in College Park. That was a fun game last season. This season, not so much. Ohio State did most of the scoring. Uh, honestly, who can who's going to stop Ohio State the rest of this way in the Big Ten other than Minnesota? <laughs> who, who could stop them? I mean, I think Penn State could stop them because Penn State is clearly mad about the fact <laughs> they've lost to Ohio State by one point in the last two seasons. Both games, they, they completely blew. They had an over 95% chance of winning in the fourth quarter. Um, and also the fact that it's the week before the, the Michigan game. Ohio State could be caught lacking there. And obviously a Michigan game, you never know what happens in a rivalry game. And who knows, Minnesota or Wisconsin just could just come out firing the Big Ten Championship. So I think Ohio State is most likely to go undefeated. I really hope Ohio State goes undefeated. But them losing is not out of the question, I don't think. Because they've got three tough games in a row assuming they make the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, and I think all those teams are going to be tough, but are they tougher than Ohio State is for them? Like the other way yeah, around. I don't think so. Like if you see if, when Ohio State sees Michigan on their schedule, they're like, oh, that is going to be a hard game. Where when Michigan sees Ohio State on their schedule, they're like, pray to God we don't <laughs> get destroyed. So that's that game. Now, uh, here's probably what ended up being the most predictable game of the week. So, Wisconsin 24, Iowa 22. Iowa and getting into tight slugfests with other Big Ten West teams. Name a more iconic duo. All right. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this, is, this felt like every Iowa game ever. It it's was a, close. Yeah. It was a war in the trenches. It was it was a battle, but Iowa couldn't pull it off. Uh, Wisconsin got the win. This just was the most Iowa-Wisconsin game ever. It was a very, very Big Ten game. Like, you aren't seeing this game in any other conference. You aren't, you aren't seeing a game like this in any it, – this just felt like Big Ten football. I mean, the game wasn't that fun to watch because it was – it was, it was a little uh, sluggish at points, but it felt like the epitome of Big Ten football, and there's something kind of beautiful about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I didn't see a lot of this game, but, um, you know, obviously it was a very close game, and I think Iowa's a pretty legitimate team. Um, they they obviously could not, could not hang with Penn State or Michigan, but – they still deserve to be ranked. They can still compete. Um, and they got a game against – a huge game at home against Minnesota next week. Or this week, I should say. So, um, don't count Iowa out. They're still a very good team. Iowa always fights hard. You got, you got to hand them that every single time. And they could have pulled this one off. And it's a shame that they didn't for them. But for Wisconsin – after that Illinois game, uh, things have been a little bit of a roller coaster ever since that. And this this was an important win for them to kind of get their season back on track, in my in my eyes. After uh, getting beat up by Ohio State, this this is an important win for Wisconsin. It kind of sets the morale. It it makes them feel like okay, we can still win. We aren't totally lost. Let's let's go win some more. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so this this was an important win for Wisconsin, a tough loss for Iowa. Not much more to it than that. Nope. Yeah. And now and oh. unfortunately unfortunate as it may be, as much as some of the other Heisman candidates keep getting a lot of traction, Jonathan Taylor's Heisman campaign has kind of fallen off. Yeah. And that's a shame because he's still having a really good season. And as Iowa as Wisconsin season has not gone as they hoped a month ago it could have gone. Uh, Jonathan Taylor still kept pounding. He's done his job. He's run the ball well. Maybe just not at a Heisman caliber level. Yeah, but he's definitely good enough to make Wisconsin a very good team. So, yeah, oh, he's just good. Okay, and he still deserves question. all the credit in the world. We still need to recognize Jonathan Taylor for his contributions to the run game. Yep. Okay, now here's what ended up being probably the best game of the week in my mind. Let's go, or at least the most interesting. Let's go back to the besides Penn State, Minnesota. Now that I think about it, yeah. Uh, Let's go back to the Super Bowl, Illinois and Michigan State. Oh, uh, my bad. In East Lansing, this game was. I thought this game was totally over. I was doing. I was watching this and uh, another game at the same time. Uh, I thought this one was over. I turned it off and I just started watching. It was LSU Alabama. I was watching with it. Uh, and I just started watching LSU in Alabama. And then I saw, oh, Illinois is fighting back. Illinois was 20. Just like the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Michigan State had a 28-3 lead. And this was, for three quarters, this was the best Michigan State had looked since they beat Indiana pretty much. Uh, their offense was actually doing things. Their defense was a lead again. It felt like Michigan State's season wasn't as lost as Spartan fans would have led you to believe it was because they were they were doing things against a good Illinois team. And then it all started to fall apart slowly but surely, and Illinois clawed back and won this thing 37-34. Illinois is bull eligible. Wow. Those are some words I never thought I would hear on this podcast. Me neither, and I am so glad that it happened. I am good too. for Lovey Smith. Good for that team. They've earned it. They have really earned it. They've played so well down the stretch here. Yeah, and I think next season you got to look out for Illinois to be uh, next season's Minnesota. I'm not sure what their schedule looks like, and I'll check in a second. But um, this is a program who has some momentum, and you could see some uh, some some really good things from them in the future. And cor- yeah, Illinois and football. Me. You. What's up? Sorry, no, I'm just saying uh, just a quick comment. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is Illinois ranked or are they not close enough to that? They're not ranked. They are not ranked. Okay, they that's what I thought. Right they were in the others receiving uh, votes received, category. They received a vote. They received a vote in the AP poll. That's good. Yeah, next season, taking a look yes. at Illinois' uh, schedule right now. Next season, they okay. play Rutgers on the road. So an easy road game. Nebraska on the road. Out. Potentially easy road game, depending on how Nebraska does next season. They got Purdue at home. Minnesota at home. Wisconsin on the road. That'll be a really tough road game. Um, but they have Ohio Ohio State at home and Iowa at home. So it seems like some of the tougher games they have the home field advantage in. And um, I think this could be a team who wins about eight games next season. Maybe more, depending on um, – on, uh, what kind of talent they got coming in and how this team develops over the offseason. Could you imagine if they beat Ohio State? That would make me so mad. But not. But it wouldn't make me 
super mad because Ohio State would play Michigan the next week, and hopefully they would take care of business in that one. Yeah. Uh, for the Illini, uh, quickly, shout out to Brandon Peters. Oh, yeah. What a game by this guy. Yeah. He was doing it all. Uh, Peters, of course, the former Michigan quarterback uh, from Avon, Indiana. Yeah, facing his former he rival. sparked this comeback. What? Yeah, I was just saying, facing his former rival in Michigan State, I'm sure he had a lot of motiv- motivation in this game. Yeah, he probably still has some bad blood for him, uh, I'm sure. This was a huge, huge game for, for Peters. Uh, they were 4-8 and eight last year, and n- now they're bowl eligible. Uh, it was 360 – I'm looking at 369 yards and three touchdowns for Brandon Peters. Uh, that's – Easily the best game I've ever seen out of him as either a fighting Illini or a Wolverine. Uh, so props to him for for coming out there and pulling off a, a historic comeback for the Illini. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. I'm really uh, comeback, but I mean their season is already moving the right direction, so that's uh, you know that's just more fuel in the Illini doing well fire. I'm really impressed by this win. I am uh, as well. And I think I was going to talk about potential bowls for them, but I think we can talk about our bowl projections right now. Uh, we can talk about that after we talk about our next game. Uh, and we'll talk about bowl projections for every Big Ten team. Uh, I think that would be a fun thing to do. Do you guys want to do that? Uh, yep. Sure, why not? Yeah, we can do that. But first, we have to talk about the game of the week. Maybe in the whole country, except for that game going on in Tuscaloosa. And that was Penn State in Minneapolis. The Gophers continue their historic undefeated season. They beat undefeated Penn State 26-31 in front of a sellout crowd, a maroon out. They stormed the field. It was, it was a beautiful sight. Even though I picked Penn State, it was beautiful. It was... Seeing Minnesota do this, like Reed thought, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean, God, I love the feeling of being right about nine win Minnesota. <laughs> uh, but now, I mean, it could be. Who knows? It could become eleven win Minnesota or twelve win Minnesota. Um, no, I don't know about that. I'm just saying they beat a good Penn State team, so you God, never know. I love the feeling of being but right. um, <laughs> who's left in their schedule again? They got Northwest. They get. At Iowa, at Northwestern, Wisconsin at home, and then maybe the Big Ten championship, depending on how the Big Ten West uh, pans out. Oh, they actually might go 12-0 and 0 then. Yeah, they could. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even Minnesota exceeded my expectations here. I picked them this week just because I figured, you know what, why not? Minnesota, they've been my team all season. I might as well believe in them for this game, and I'm glad I did. Um, but, I mean – I didn't even – I was a huge – or I still am a huge Minnesota believer, and I didn't even think they were going to win against Penn State. So they've gone definitely above and beyond what everyone – what almost the entire college football community expected of them. And they've gone above what I believe as well. So, I mean, huge congratulations to P.J. Fleck and his entire team. And also, we got to give some recognition to the Minnesota Golden Gophers crowd. At the game, I wasn't expecting there to be that much maroon and gold in the crowd. 
there were very few Penn State fans there, and they made it loud. They made it a oh, great huh. environment. Um, so hats off to the Golden Gopher fans. Oh, absolutely. This was this is a program-defining win. Absolutely. This is one they will talk about for years to come. And that, that picture of all the fans on the field, I'm sure, will be hanging in uh, TCF Bank Stadium and in the football facilities in Minneapolis for, for years and years and yeah, years. Yeah, and I mean – And in P.J. Fleck's office. Min- uh, and P.J. Fleck, we didn't even mention, he got a huge extension. He did. Yeah. Seven years. Oh, he's getting – they're bringing out the Brinks truck for him. He is getting – paid and as much as i believe he's gonna end up at like a penn state or um some other big program um i'm feeling think about oh, it. yeah like he's he's going big yeah than penn state i, I, I can see him i want him to to stay in minnesota for as long as possible and create something special there because i mean as you said this is a program defining win this minnesota's not had a, a win this big in years or decades even. So a win like this is huge for them. And since Minnesota has momentum, their their players right now are obviously fantastic. They're going to get more recruits uh, who can really make things happen. And I would, I would just love to see Minnesota be at the top and stay at the top for a while. That would make me very happy to see a program who hasn't had a lot of success uh, in recent years. I think I saw, I saw while I was watching the game um, on their stadium – their most recent national championship was, or Big Ten championship was so long ago. I forget exactly when. It was the yeah. 60s, I believe. Yeah, all yeah. the way back in the 60s. So I would love to see uh, this Golden Gophers program emerge from uh, just the bottom of the Big Ten for decades and stay at the top. And I think a lot of that falls on the shoulders of P.J. Fleck. So P.J. Fleck, please stay in Minneapolis um, for at least just a few more years. Um as my, as it's like it's not super likely for him to stay for the entire length of his contract. He's probably gonna get bought out by somebody, but God, I hope with every uh you know, bone in my body that he will stay. Yeah, I would like to see Minnesota keep him too. They deserve it. They've earned it. They've they've they're good. They, have, yeah. they are so good. And there are two players I wanna highlight for Minnesota. Uh, the first one is Antoine Winfield Jr. I haven't talked about him at all this season, but I've been really impressed with his play, especially on Saturday against Penn State. Uh, obviously, the son of uh, Antoine Winfield, who was a star defensive back in the NFL and with the Buckeyes uh, years ago. Uh, but Jr. has been just as impressive as his dad. Uh, he's been the anchor for this Minnesota defense. Uh They've they've been able to rely on him to get get a big stop when whenever they need it, and he certainly had quite a few of those. He had a huge game against uh, Penn State. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, he was actually named the Walter Camp National Defensive Player of the Week uh, this this previous week for his performance against Penn State. He was awesome and. Uh, Minnesota is lucky to have this guy on their roster. He is going to be a star, not just in college, but at the next level too. Uh, this is a name you're going to be hearing for years to come, Antoine Winfield Jr. And the other guy, it's it's got to be Tanner Morgan. Yeah, absolutely. This this game he had against Penn State, he he was he was just elite. 
I can't think of any other words for it. He was about as good as he could have been. And they aren't winning this if he doesn't play like that. He played out of his mind. This was... I, I don't know if I want to call it a Heisman performance, but I would call it a Heisman caliber performance. Absolutely. He was... Yeah. This, this was the biggest stage they've been on this season. He threw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns. He only had two incompletions. He had a 98.9 passer rating, or QBR. 98.9. That is pretty good. That's about as good as you can get. Uh, 90% pa- completion. 90% completion rating. This, this is... It's unbelievable how good he's been this season for Minnesota. Uh, I didn't expect a whole lot from him coming into the season. I, I expected him to be okay, and he has been awesome. Uh, I use that word too much. He has been – I don't want to quantify it. He's been a top at least five quarterback in the Big Ten, maybe top three. I wouldn't call him better than Justin Fields. And I think – I think I might just call him the second best quarterback in the Big Ten this season. Yeah, I mean you can't forget about Sean Clifford, but I mean there's definitely you. Yeah, beat him. You you can definitely uh, make the argument about Morgan being better than Clifford. I think those are two very well matched, very talented, um, fantastic quarterbacks uh, for these two Big Ten teams. So, uh, yeah, and one thing I've seen a lot of uh, talk about this on social media. I've seen a lot of conflicting opinions how do you guys feel about the possibilities of playoff minnesota oh i think it's a i would i would pinch myself and wake up from the fever dream what were you say griffin <laughs> no i think that's just honestly a bit more realistic than we think but yeah i would still have to pinch myself too it would take like a real minute to like realize oh my god we have a playoff minnesota yeah, and me personally, they're going to lose to either Iowa or Wisconsin. Um, and I I also don't think they would be able to defeat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship or Penn State for a second time. Um, but some people say, could an undefeated Minnesota team make it to the playoff? How ridiculous of, of a question is that? Remember when I remember when I asked that question on the show? I think two oh, weeks you did? ago, and then I realized exactly how stupid yeah. it was about three seconds. Because some people, because it's just it just shows that some people who are more SEC or ACC type fans, when they ask that question, it just shows the anti Big Ten bias they have. Because how, like, explain to me logically how a undefeated Power Five team would miss the playoff. And that would imply they would have to be an undefeated conference champion. Tell me how they missed the playoff. Like, how's that even a question at all? They straight up exactly. Wouldn't. And I think, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that Minnesota will go undefeated, will will win the Big Ten or any of that. But if they did, you can. There's no doubt that they would miss the that they would uh, make the playoff. So I just, I just think yeah. that when some fans ask that, it's just such a ridiculous question. Yeah, right. no, so it's, no, it's redundant. Absolutely, you're right on that. Uh, that's pretty much our coverage on that Minnesota game, and what an impressive win for the well, Cougars. One last, and for one Penn last State. thing I wanted to say. Um, a legitimate contender. 
What'd you say? Do you think Kent State is still a, a legitimate playoff contender? Or they absolutely okay. That's what I was gonna say. I was going on when I said, and as for Penn State, what does this mean for them going forward this season? Great minds think. Great minds think alike. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, honestly, Penn State, like they can still make a New Year's Six bowl. Like there's a legitimate possibility that they're in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I I don't think this really takes away from Penn State's playing hopes based on the fact that Minnesota is a very good team. It's just more so the public perception. It's true. Yeah, losing a road game to a team like Minnesota, there's no shame in that, honestly. And if you're Penn State, I mean, yeah, you were you were the playoff team, you were the you were the perceived favorite by a lot of the media. But you you can still get a good season out of this and I don't know there is a there is a way they make the playoff yeah but I and uh I see no way Penn State misses a New Year's Six Bowl I think they'll still end up this season I think they'll finish the season with two losses and a New Year's Six win I think that'll be a very successful season for them that would be I would be proud of that season if I were them. Uh, speaking of bowls, uh, let's do a little bowl predicting. This is a fun game. Yeah, we can throw this at the end of every uh, end of the week or start of the week episode. Let's do it. All right, it's a new thing now that it's the end of the year. Pretty much, uh, we can we can start talking about bowls. So in the Big Ten, the teams who have clinched their bowl spots already are the Wolverines of Michigan. Illinois Fighting Illini, the Hoosiers, Buckeyes, Nittany Lions, uh, Wisconsin Badgers, Golden Gophers, and has Iowa clinched a bowl spot yet? They have. Season three. Iowa has clinched a bowl spot. Okay, cool. And so that's every team who's clinched, and we can either – and we can math. I think Northwestern is yeah, they're eliminated. Maryland is eliminated, Rutgers and is Rutgers is eliminated. Uh, Purdue is four and six, and they have games at Camp Randall and at home against yeah, we'll IU. Call them done. Five and seven at best. There is a world where they beat IU. I think wouldn't shock me because I've seen crazier things happen in IU football history. But I doubt they go into Camp Randall and win. Purdue is likely done. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State is four and five, and they still have to go to Michigan. But their last two games are Rutgers and Maryland. I, I think they'll survive. A bowl team. So we can assume Michigan State will go to a bowl, and we'll talk about them in a second. Because I don't think they'll go to Nebraska. Nebraska is also on the fence of bowl or no bowl, uh, that Purdue loss could kind of cost them a bowl spot because instead of being uh, five and four, now they're four and five. And they still have home against Wisconsin at Maryland and home against Iowa. So I think in all likelihood, they're going to be five and seven and on the outside looking in. I agree with that. 
best case scenario, they go six and six probably, and just say in theory, a six and six Nebraska team. What bowl do you think they would go to? Hmm. I would just say throw them in the quick lane bowl. Um, that's yeah. where I think Michigan State is going to end up uh, as a six and six. That's team. where I think Michigan. But State's I would say go. if Nebraska ends up six and yeah, six, yeah, because Michigan State there. would actually. No, because if Michigan, Michigan State, State and Nebraska are both six and six, I think Michigan State should play in Detroit Michigan just because of the proximity. Michigan nah, State, yeah, I, I don't. They would draw. Michigan State would absolutely draw a crowd at Ford Field. I don't think they'll end up in Michigan or uh, wherever the Quick Lane Bowl is. Where do you think they go? I think Michigan State. And this is Nebraska. You're talking no, no, Michigan, Michigan State. State, Nebraska. Uh, wait, where's the Quick Lane Bowl again? I'm trying to remember. Detroit, that. Detroit, Michigan. Okay, Detroit. Um. Nebraska, I can see them at the Quick Lane Bowl. However, I think Michigan State's going to be in my neck of the woods and play at the Pinstripe Bowl, which is at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Ah, I could see that because there's not. Okay. I don't think anyone in the Big Ten is going to finish seven and five. Although I, I guess Illinois could. Um, they have, yeah, they got Iowa and Northwestern remaining. So. Yeah, I guess they'll they'll finish seven five. See, I could I could see Illinois going to the Pinstripe Bowl. That would that wouldn't surprise me. Okay, so let's so uh, I think my prediction for so two of us for Michigan State. So I think we can we've said Purdue's probably not going to a bowl. Nebraska's probably not going to a bowl, and Michigan State. Two of us said Quick Lane Bowl and one Pinstripe. Uh, let's talk about Illinois. I think they could finish any. They will finish anywhere from six and six to eight and four, and I think they will finish at least seven and five. I think they can beat Northwestern, and that Iowa game is probably a toss-up, given the way Illinois played recently. Mm-hmm. So an eight and say in theory Illinois goes eight and four, or seven and five. Where do you think they end up? I would say um, maybe the Red Box Bowl out in uh, San Fran. Or not in San Francisco, but in the Bay That's Area. A um, yeah, in Santa yeah. Clara. I'm not really sure. What other bowls are there for eight and four or so Big Ten teams? Because I know Quick Lane Bowl, Pinstripe Bowl, Red Box Bowl are like six seven and six five, through eight and four teams. Seven and five, Pinstripe. Yeah. Gator Bowl? Uh, no, Gator Bowl has been more – Gator Bowl has been more uh, prestigious than Red Box as of late. What about – I don't think they'd end up in Tampa at the uh, Outback the bowl called uh, Outback. They would not. Yeah, I would Outback, say no. my prediction is Illinois will end up playing in the in Levi Stadium, uh, in the Red Box Bowl. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say they'll end up at in the Bronx at a Yankee Stadium in a pinstripe. I could see that as well. That wouldn't shock me. What do you think, Griffin? Griffin. Um, I can honestly see them at the Red Box Bowl. Like, I I already have Michigan State because I think they'll end up more so in the Bronx, but I think the way with the points breed has made, they'll end up at, at Levi Stadium. Yeah, that's that's about the zone we're expecting for them. That's super good for uh, Illinois, too. Another team. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Like, it's for disappointing Illinois. for, like, a Sparty, oh. but for Illinois, Red Box Bowl is – Amazing. That's awesome for them. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's talk about Michigan. Where do we think Michigan ends up? And how do we think Michigan finishes? Because Michigan still has Michigan State, IU, and Ohio State. Um, 
I don't know how they're gonna finish. I I could see. I think they'll probably beat. They'll beat Michigan State. Yeah. They'll beat Michigan State, and they'll probably beat IU, and they'll probably lose to. Ohio yeah. State. So I would I would call them an I and three team, and I would put them in either the Gator or Outback Bowl. Um, I mean those the those kind of bowls in Florida, they all. It's hard to predict those because it all depends on how the SEC and ACC does. Because there's there's like split deals between. Oh, either the Big Ten or ACC goes this one, or the Big Ten or SEC goes, depending on how the Orange Bowl or whatever goes. So it's hard to predict, but I would say put them in either the Gator or Outback Bowls. Yeah, I'm thinking I could see them in either of those. Citrus Bowl? Um, I mean, I could see it. Um, I think for that they would have to um they'd have to win ten games because Penn State they they were ten and two last season, right? And they went to the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, I think so. I think whoever, whatever bowl they go to, if it's in the state of Florida, they're going to play the Gators. I I can see that. Yeah, just because they've played them every yeah. single season for the last couple of years, it feels like. Yeah, it does feel like that for sure. And when they're not playing Florida, they're playing Florida so, State, like they did in 2016 again in the uh, Orange Bowl. No kidding. Yeah, my prediction, my official Michigan prediction right now is Citrus. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say, I'll say Outback. Okay. Griffin, what you think? Um I I honestly think it'll also be either one of the citrus or the outback, because I'm gonna be honest, a hundred percent uh some bowl games I have no idea where to put these people in because it's just hard to predict where they all go and then I don't wanna say like, oh, this one and then find out like two other conferences have like a deal with that bowl game and then be like, Oh, well, all right. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine line to walk. I think I've got it mostly in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't want to say like the uh, like oh the, to the Hawaii Bowl and then like find out that it's already done with like the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, man. I was talking. Speaking of the Hawaii Bowl, I was talking with Tommy yesterday about how much better it would be if they got like Power Five teams in the Hawaii Bowl. Honestly, the Hawaii Bowl is one of my favorite bowls this season. I, I love guess the just because it's Bowl, late at night it's on Christmas and it's Eve. always around Christmas time, I just always love the Hawaii Bowl. It's a shame that uh, Aloha Stadium is just falling apart because I've always loved that yeah, game. Yeah, I wish if they played in a nicer park and they could get better teams. And, yeah. And I don't know. I wish the Hawaii Bowl was And I've always felt is. bad for the teams who They're... go there because how many fans are really going to come out to Hawaii to watch a team play? Like, Hawaii is a great vacation spot, but, like, Who's going to want to go watch Fresno State or whoever? They already don't have enormous fan bases. Who's going to travel all well, the way Well, that's the thing. If they got – about the Hawaii Bowl, if they got bigger schools to start going to it, I feel like the attendance would be way better because people would use it as an excuse to go on vacation in Hawaii. Yeah. Like Notre Dame in 2008 played in the Hawaii Bowl against uh, the Rainbow Warriors. And uh, there was – and it was a huge crowd uh, because – Obviously, Notre Dame is a huge program, and Notre Dame is a huge fan base. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. So, if there's no got, one from Louisiana Tech is going to go out there, but I could see Notre Dame or Michigan or USC, especially some of the West West Coast teams like Stanford or USC. I could see some of those fans making the trip down to Hawaii. Yeah, I would. I would love to see Hawaii Bowl with uh, big time programs in it. I feel like imagine. That could be a huge draw. Imagine if they had an Alaska Bowl. Imagine how crazy oh, that. Oh, that would be hell. 
They should put the two worst teams in Put the... Rutgers in uh, some group of five team North in the Alaska Bowl. I'd love to see that. <laughs> Make them freeze to death. Yeah, it's a fitting punishment. For or put them somewhere isolated like Wyoming or uh, Idaho. The Kanye West Wyoming Bowl. The Wyoming Sessions Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to, but back on that, I feel like a Hawaii Bowl, like Pac-12 versus Big Ten, if they could change it to that somehow. I would love that too. That would, that would be the best. I would love that. I want that to happen. Make it happen. Make it happen, people that have that power to make it happen. Do it. Okay, next team. Uh, IU. Let's talk about the Hoosiers. Where do we think the Hoosiers will go bowling? Um, I'm going to predict this one because I think it has some uh, factual evidence to back it up, but more so just because I want it to happen. I would love to see the Hoosiers play in Nissan Stadium here in Nashville, Tennessee. Have Patrick come down, show, give him some uh, Nashville hot chicken, and I'd love to see the Hoosiers mm. play in person. So I'm putting uh, – You're making me salivate. I could go for some chicken. I'm putting Indiana now. in the Franklin – uh, Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. I would like to see him in the Music City Bowl because that's an easy travel for most Hoosier fans. Oh, yeah. It's it's not – it's, I think, about six hours from Indianapolis. And I think in, in Indiana versus Kentucky, Music City Bowl would draw a lot bigger of a crowd than some of the other Music City Bowls we've seen in the past because both teams are pretty Absolutely. close to Tennessee. Especially because, yeah, it's driving distance. It's a historical rivalry. I don't know if they could bring out the bourbon barrel for it. If that were a basketball game, I mean, it would obviously draw a much bigger oh, yeah. crowd just because that's the culture at those oh, schools. But I think in in football, it would be I – w- I would like it. And I think a lot of people would too. Uh, my dream opponent for an IU Bowl, I think I said this on the show a couple weeks ago, is Notre Dame. And I don't think that will end up happening, unfortunately. But I want to play Notre Dame in a bowl just because I want IU to beat them. So – I can shove it in everyone's face and say that IU runs the state. <clears throat> because if they they already beat Ball State and they play Purdue, and if they can beat Purdue and then get Notre Dame and beat them, they would have swept the whole state of FBS teams. Hmm. That would be cool. So being able to say we run the state, I mean, that would that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but who knows? I think best case scenario for the Hoosiers if they go nine and three, nine and three is probably the best case scenario. I mean, technically it would be ten and two, but nine and three is the best likely scenario where they would likely lose to Penn State and then beat Michigan and beat Purdue. I don't think it'll happen, but who knows? Uh, I would say Citrus Bowl at that, but as it stands right now, I think. The uh, Red Box, uh, the likeliest choices are a Red Box Bowl, Holiday Bowl, Gator Bowl, and Music City Bowl. Yeah, I think those are all pretty valid. Right now, my official pick for now is going to be the Gator Bowl. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Um, Griffin, what you got? You know, I thought we were all in unanimous uh, unanimous picks with the uh, bowl, the Franklin American uh, Music City Bowl. Yeah. Sorry, Franklin 
Like that would be that's that's what I want. I want that. Yeah, I think we all want that. I think we all had like a unanimous pick for that. But Pat, I see your points of them going to the Gator Bowl. Okay. Yeah, the Gator Bowl. It it could be, it could make sense. And I don't know who they would play in a Gator Bowl. Maybe like. Mm, Gator Bowl's Big Ten and SEC, right? What is it? That's a, that's Big Ten versus SEC, correct? Yeah, it's, I, I I believe it's Big Ten versus ACC slash SEC, or maybe it's Big Ten slash SEC versus ACC. It's one of those split bowls where it's one conference yeah, versus a Gator Bowl, one or the other. A Gator Bowl versus like. Virginia or Wake Forest, whoever doesn't make the Orange Bowl out of Virginia and Wake Forest, or I don't know, Texas A&M, Kentucky, that wouldn't shock me. Actually, Virginia might go to a better bowl than the Gator. I don't know. Uh, the ACC is weak. That's that's my takeaway. But that, that that seems like a likely destination, and so does the Music City Bowl. And we'll see what happens. Uh, I saw one prediction on ESPN uh, last night that had him going to the Citrus Bowl and playing Florida. And that would just be I, – I, I mean, that would be insane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Seeing yeah. IU play Florida in the – I don't season. think that would I go mean, too well for IU, though. I think Florida would – I've got a bad feeling about that one, yeah. <laughs> and in the off chance that I could make it to Orlando for that. Uh, it wouldn't be fun because it would be 80% Gator yeah. fans too. I actually went to a Citrus Bowl a couple of years ago when my cousin was at LSU uh, when they played Notre Dame. Just casually going to say my cousin and not Danny Etling. Yeah, yeah, whatever. When he was still in, it was his last game. I'm still mad about that game because there was a BS pass interference no call on – Notre Dame and offensive pass interference where he threw an LSU defender out of bounds. I think I forget the receiver. Uh, might have been Equinemius St. Brown. He threw an LSU defender out of bounds, caught the ball, and took it down the field for the go-ahead touchdown. That still pisses me off, but it's fine. And it was in Orlando. It was like thirty degrees and raining. Oh, I remember it was horrible. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. Yeah. Watching. Notre Dame win a football game in 30-degree Florida weather. Ouch. Not fun. Well, Not fun at all. Well, there's one thing. But, I mean, if the Hoosiers, if the Hoosiers were there, I'm sure it would be more fun. Because it would likely not be that cold. Knock on wood. Yeah. Well, there's something we have in common, Patrick. We both, see, we both saw Notre Dame win a bowl game. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only bowl I've ever been to. Uh and Tommy, the year before, LSU was in the Citrus Bowl again, and they actually beat Louisville, led by some dude named Lamar. <laughs> yeah, whatever that is. And, I mean, yeah, he was he was decent. He was a pretty unknown quarterback. I mean, I don't even know what he's up to these days. He's probably an accountant or something. Anyway, uh, Iowa. Where will Iowa go bowling? Hmm. I got Iowa um, going to Florida for the Gator Bowl. Um, I think I think they'll finish um, sort of in the medium uh, amount of wins kind of range. Uh, I'll take a look at their, yeah, I'll take a look at their schedule. 
uh, who else do they have? They have Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska. So I think they'll pick up one to two more wins. Um, I think they'll definitely beat Nebraska, and they'll split the Illinois and Minnesota game. I think they could win either one of those, but I don't think they'll get both. So I think they will finish the season. Uh, I think they'll finish the season eight and four, and I think that's perfect for a Gator Bowl team. So I got them going there, playing somebody like, as you said, Wake Forest, Virginia, someone like that. I've got them in the red box. Okay. I could see that, but I don't. I think if they get eight wins, I don't know about the Red Box Bowl. I think they could they could go uh, seven wins, so I think that would be a good fit for them if, if they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Griffin, what you think? I have Iowa in the Holiday Bowl, the SDCCU Holiday Bowl at the Chargers Fort San Diego County Credit Union at. The house that Spanos abandoned. That's one of my favorite stadiums, and it's a shame that's gonna be torn down soon. I, I for some reason, I always love it. I know. I like. I like uh, the former Qualcomm Stadium. The former uh, what was it called? Jack Jack Trice. I, I don't remember. Jack Trice. No, not Jack Trice. Uh, that's Iowa State, I think. Uh, what was the name of that place? Uh, Jack Kirby. No. Hold on, I'm getting... whenever whenever it was named after when it was a baseball stadium because the Padres used to play there too. Yeah. Uh, God, it doesn't matter. I'm getting it right now. No, I'm getting it right now. All right, but uh, anyway, we'll yeah, go I to... like Qualcomm. Uh, I think it's a nice place. It's obviously falling apart mostly because there's no upkeep at it, really, without the Chargers there, just the Aztecs. But yeah, it's kind of like the uh, yeah. a nice new stadium soon though. It's, it's kind of like the – Yeah, San Diego State is, yeah. It's, I don't think it's going to be big enough to ever bring the Chargers back no. home, but that's a shame. It's kind of like the Pontiac Dome. Like, at one point it was nice, but not anymore. Yeah, the Silver Dome. The Silver Dome got out there quick. But yeah, I could see I could see Iowa playing in the Holiday Bowl this season out in uh, San Diego. Oh, it's a city murky. by the sea founded by the Germans. Yeah, actually, that was Paul. Those of you who've seen Anchorman. Yeah. Jack Murphy Stadium. That's what it was. Jack Murphy. Okay. Yeah, sports writer. Whose brother was the announcer for the Mets for 40 years. Was he really? Yeah, Bob Murphy. Play-by-play announcer for the New York Bob Mets. Murphy. What do you know? 1962 to 2003. Wow. Okay. Uh, next team, uh, Badgers, Wisconsin. Where's Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. I would say um, the Cotton Bowl, except um, I think now that Minnesota and Penn State have sort of uh, put themselves in a position above Wisconsin. Um, actually, the Cotton Bowl, they could still go there. They could still go to, like, the Orange Bowl. But I don't think the Big Ten will get – four New Year's Six teams. So I think uh, God, what's another one of the really good bowls that isn't quite New Year's Six? Citrus? Yeah. New Mexico? I'll say Citrus. I'm going out back. I feel like the Outback Bowl bid almost always goes to either Michigan, Wisconsin, or Iowa. Yeah. And I don't think it'll be different. I'm going Wisconsin this year. Griffin, where do you think uh, the Badgers will be in the postseason? 
Um, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, Patrick. I honestly think that, like you said, it goes to either Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, and I think Wisconsin has secured that hole. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they ended up there. Maybe a little bit higher. Maybe a citrus. Who knows? Uh, next up, uh, Penn State. Where will Penn State go? Um, I got Penn State in either the Orange or Cotton Bowl. Um, I think Penn State will go to one. Minnesota will go to the other. Um, and I'll just say Cotton Bowl because I think that the Orange Bowl will have the best ACC team that isn't Clemson, and I think they'll be a they'll be a better matchup for Minnesota than they will be for Penn State. So I'm going to put Penn State in the Citrus Bowl – or not the Citrus Bowl, the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I think Cotton or you know Orange what? could be about right. No, no, no. That's, I'm going to change so... my pick because um, I didn't think – I, I completely forgot Rose about the Rose Bowl. So I got Penn State going to the Rose Bowl. Penn State in the Rose Bowl over Minnesota. Yeah. Yes. I... I'm, I'm saying Minnesota will go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I'm thinking more so Minnesota. Uh, I I mean, Orange could make sense for Penn State as an at-large. I don't know how – because I think – I don't know how everything else is going to shake out in the other conferences, but I feel like there is going to be room for Penn State to sneak in as an at-large team somehow and get a New Year's Six. Maybe I'm just being crazy, but I think they could get a New Year's Six slot, but probably not the Rose Bowl and probably not the playoff. Uh. I'll go oranges. I could see Penn State either at the orange or the Outback Bowl. Yeah, and I guess it all depends how things shake out these last couple weeks with uh, the Nittany Lions. Uh, So the last likely non-playoff team is Minnesota. Uh, Where do we think Minnesota will go? All right. Uh, I already said nine. for my nine win or potentially eleven or twelve win Gophers, um, I am gonna put them in the Orange Bowl, like I said earlier, because I think they'll be a good matchup for a Wake Forest or somebody like that. Um, and I, I don't think they would match up well with Oregon or Utah. Actually, no, they could, but I think that the uh, committee, I think they'll they'll see them as a better fit for an Orange Bowl game. And I'll put Penn State against Oregon or Utah. I'm going Rose Bowl. It's time. It's been too long. Minnesota deserves a Rose Bowl. Make it happen. Yeah, I, like I think it's – oh, you go first. You go I, first. No, no, go ahead. I just said I, I like the idea of it. No, I just like the idea of a um, Golden Gophers Utes Rose Bowl. I think that'll actually play out better than the way you see it. Oh uh, yeah, I would love to see that. I want to see Minnesota in a Rose Bowl. Every Big Ten team deserves to go to a Rose Bowl in their lifetime. And I'm not just saying that as an Indiana fan who wants to see the Hoosiers in a Rose Bowl one day, but I mean, you can see it at the everybody deserves to you see can see the Rose Bowl with their team and seeing that beautiful the beautiful California sunset over the stadium and the palm trees and all that. There's something about the Rose Bowl. It's magical. You know? I mean, you guys got pummeled by OJ Simpson when you went. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty low scoring game, if I remember correctly. Uh, but it's been, it's been, you know, decades since IU or Minnesota has been in a Rose Bowl. I think they went 
in 67 and 68, respectively, if I remember correctly. It was 68-ish. I, I might be wrong on that. Yeah, around that time, uh, I think they both went. Uh, so I think it's time to send Minnesota back. And Ohio State, we're thinking playoffs. Yeah, I want to put Ohio State yeah. in the Fiesta Bowl. Just because if they get the first over, unless unless they unless something weird happens, and they're like the fourth seed or something like that, I, I would say they're going to be in the Fiesta Bowl because they get first choice. They'll choose that uh, as opposed to the Peach Bowl, just so that uh, the SEC team, the SEC or ACC team that they face wouldn't have a home field advantage. And then if they were the second seed, I'm sure uh, Clemson or LSU, whoever went ahead of them, would choose the Peach Bowl anyway. So I got Ohio State uh, yeah. in the playoff in the Fiesta Bowl. Well, in Ohio State, I think they'll be there too. Ohio State always has a home field advantage in Arizona whenever they're out there for the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. yeah. There are but a also, ton of Ohio State fans in Arizona. Just thinking if, if, if Oregon does make the playoffs, which is not out of the question, uh, they're only – really blemish on their resume is a close loss to Auburn. Um, and they're like the four seed and they play Ohio State hypothetically. Ohio State actually may end up in Atlanta. And um, uh, I wonder how the crowd would be down there. I'm sure it would be big as it usually is. There are buckets yeah. everywhere. There are a few college football teams where you can put them in a game anywhere and they would have a huge crowd no matter where they are. Like it's Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Bama. Schools like that, you can you can put them in a, you can put them in a game on Mars and they would still draw. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the show this week. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we can get to a more consistent recording schedule. Knock on wood. Uh, we'll be back later this week for thank you <laughs> for a. Uh, week 12 preview looking forward to that uh thanks for joining us uh we'll see you next time bye